Unfortunately, it's often the case that talking about people with ADHD focuses on downsides. But it turns out there are fantastic reasons to hire someone with ADHD. Get ready for our in-depth discussion and the all-new Squirrel of the Week. All that and more right now. Hi, I'm David. Maybe something about my story will sound familiar to you. I was a business owner working in marketing who had somehow managed to make it all the way to my 40s before I discovered that the thing that was torpedoing my world was ADHD. So I went on a quest. I was looking for a coach and I found the amazing Dana Rayburn. I saw such dramatic results that I thought more people need a dose of Dana in their lives. And... The Kicksome ADHD Podcast was born. So, hey, Dana, are you uh, hiring right now? No. No, me either. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you want a better answer than that? No, no, I thought that was great. I actually, I think we should, maybe we should clarify because we're going to talk today about a topic that might make people who are listening think maybe we're hiring, but we're not. So we're, we're not. just going to make that clear. This, not, this is not an episode for us so much as it might be for you or maybe for someone you know that needs to hire someone, possibly. Yeah. Please do not send us your resume. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Please do not ask about the job application. Actually, I'm not hiring because my team is fabulous at this moment well, that's I, I, great. i'm nervous to say that i'm knocking on wood okay i'll knock on my head i i don't um i'm, I'm not hiring because i don't have i don't have any reason to hire oh. anyone uh yeah, at the moment right now at not, the moment. not now you never know it could happen and in fact we might even talk about uh one 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 reason why i might someday be hiring again but not not currently not today that's yeah. not the topic so, David, why should you hire people with ADHD? Yeah, I think that's a good topic for us to discuss, don't you? Yes. I do. I think that it's easy, too easy sometimes for people to assume that maybe having an employee with ADHD is going to be a problem. <laughs> and I think we know some of the reasons why. I mean, we on this podcast have talked many times, Dana, about the various and sundry ways that we who have ADHD might need to improve in our, in our ability to manage our symptoms and all that stuff. So that kind of can be terrifying for people. And so I think that we all kind of know what those are. You know, if you're yeah. an, yeah, if you're an employer, you might think, well, if, if I hire someone in this role, XYZ role, whatever it is, with ADHD, will they ever finish a project? Who knows? <laughs> right, <laughs> Dana. I don't. I don't feel like you're you're being super committal about this. <laughs> will they ever respond to emails? Yeah. Will they spend a lot of time being distracted or distracting? Right. Yeah, they could actually destroy productivity on, on the team. Right. If they're <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, those are all valid, and there are plenty more. I mean, and we don't want to hyper focus on those today because hyper focusing is something that someone might do if they which have, could be helpful, right? Exactly, and that's the yeah. reason, Dana. There are there are situations that call for people with ADHD, and times and 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 situations that are just they they people who have ADHD might be uniquely suited to do exactly what you need. Um, yes. And I think, Dana, I heard a conversation years ago. We may have even discussed this on the podcast 
with someone who had spent a lot of time studying neurodiversity or neurospiciness, as we talked about recently uh, on the show, that often those people who have you know different ways of thinking can be most valuable even at the highest levels of any organization. Oh, exactly. But often they're the last ones to get there. Yeah, we did talk about that, David. We did because I it's so. it's they can be very very effective at higher levels of organizations, but because it's harder for them to pass the gates, go through the gates of the basic skills it takes to get there they're overlooked or they, if they ever get there. Yeah, exactly. And maybe the old trope about starting in the mailroom and working your way up to the, you know, CEO position, <laughs> you know, if you start one of us in the mailroom, we're going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or never deliver the mail. So we get fired. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't survive. <laughs> so, uh, so we know about the reasons why you might be afraid of it. We also know, and we're going to talk in more detail about why someone with ADHD might be the right person. But I think it, it pays, Dana, for us to have just a quick disclaimer here, as you've already said in some way, right? Uh, everybody is different. And so anybody who has ADHD m might vary widely or wildly even from someone else who has ADHD. So maybe ADHD affects them differently. Maybe yeah. they manage it poorly or well. You know, maybe they work differently. So we don't certainly want to just say that everything we're about to say about people with ADHD is true of any particular individual. It's not true across the board. And the other thing we want to say is you need to look at the job and the job requirements and um, match that with the person's strength. Exactly. And that's where I think it gives us a good jumping off point for today. So like one reason, and I'll call this reason number one, I don't know if these are in order of importance or not, but reason number one for today that you might want to hire someone with ADHD is because you need people who think differently. And this is often the case in a business or an organization where there's stagnation or where the marketplace is changing around you, technology is moving. Uh, in those situations, that's a time to find a neurospicy person because people who have ADHD think differently than others. We think in unique ways. And, uh, you know, I always used to joke that, you know, I, I didn't think out of the box, outside the box, Dana. My, my motto was, there is no box. <laughs> there is no box. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have uh, unique perspectives and that can bring a lot of success to projects, but even at a bigger picture. And again, this kind of circles back to the higher level. When you're thinking about corporate strategy, you're thinking about marketing, you're thinking about technology, you're thinking about big picture decisions that might make a, a, a company more successful. Research actually does show that companies that have more diversity in their workplace, and that includes people who are neurospicy, will bring mm -hmm. in more revenue, they'll have higher profits, and importantly, they will appeal to a wider group of consumers or buyers, customers, because this group of people is actually more represented in the marketplace than you might realize. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's yeah. an excellent point. And jump in here, as you know, Dana. I'm just I'm I'm plowing forward, but I'm yeah. I'm, plow yeah. plow ahead, David. You're you're doing great. You're doing hey, great. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate that. Yeah. The other thing about thinking differently is it's that creativity aspect, and I know from 
your business, your work, mine, it's it's inventing things, thinking up things, thinking about things in different ways that other people normally wouldn't. And I, I, that's basically what you said. I'm just reiterating it. Well, you're you're also bringing a nice segue to reason number two, which is certainly related to reason number one. Uh, you know, reason one being you, you need people who think differently. But reason number two is maybe you need creative problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And this is where divergent thinking, which is, is I kept thinking of the idea of divergent thinking last week, Dana, when we were talking about neurospiciness and neurodivergence, um, because divergent thinking actually has a very specific meaning in psychometrics and in the world of psychology. When you think about how people approach problems or how people think, there is a type of thinking that is broader, wider, and incorporates ideas from a, a broader selection of inputs. And that is known as divergent thinking. I'm probably not doing the greatest um, job of, of defining that idea, but I think you get the idea, right? Yeah. And, and so there's actually research, actual studies <laughs> that show that the ability to generate ideas that are novel and useful benefits from two things. One is defocused attention. Meaning, if you need a unique idea and you hand someone the problem and they focus on it, most human beings who have who focus their attention on it will discover answers from just a certain set of, of possible uh, yes. know, uh, solutions. But people who have defocused attention will not be distracted by that. <laughs> They'll they'll bring in and make connections, and we know this because of our ADHD brains. We bring connections to things that just widely vary, and that allows for more creativity. So, David, I, you know how often you get good ideas when you're in the shower or brushing your teeth? Exactly, yeah. Does that have anything to do with this? I think it probably does. I think that a human being who is maybe neurotypical but's in the shower and they're allowing their mind to wander – that's when they make weird connections like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Imagine having that to be your superpower. Well, I I can imagine that being I, my superpower. I can too, Dana. I've seen you at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the other the fun thing is that research also mentions the idea that people who have a reduced ability to ignore task irrelevant stimuli in the environment. So in other words- What does that mean? Yeah. So- if you want people that generate novel and useful ideas, the, the, the sort of people who filter out task irrelevant stimuli in the environment will, will not come up with as many novel and useful ideas. But the people who are distracted by all of the things will actually be the ones that will that, – that trait helps them produce novel and useful ideas. Yeah, so it's essentially – the good idea when you're brushing your teeth. Exactly, it's the distractibility and the and the, the, the like zooming out from the from the thing. Yeah, it's it's not focusing on the one thing and letting the mind do its thing and having doing a couple of things at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. Academic research also shows that healthy people who experience a high number of ADHD symptoms, right, versus yes. versus controls, are report more publicly recognized creative achievements in daily life, including receiving a patent for an invention, publishing a book, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not just that we think we're creative. (laughs) There is research to show 
that we are the kind of people that will produce creative and novel ideas. Maybe it's inventions. Maybe it's solutions to problems. Maybe it's the answer that your business needs right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's thinking about things in a different way. Right. Yeah. And anytime that you need brainstorming going on in your organization, your business, that's a time to make sure that you have at least one, if not multiple people who think outside the box on your you know, brainstorming session. Uh, because and David, I, I want to add in there that you also need to create an environment where they're not shut down for their crazy ideas. 100%. Because often that you know throwing stuff out and having these ideas and everyone else looks at you and rolls rolls their eyes. I'm sure you've been in that. I have, I have. Yeah, and it's one of the it's one of the guidelines. If you regardless of neurodiversity in, in a group, it's one of the guidelines for producing good brainstorming output. Is exactly that. You say, look, we're gonna we're gonna throw every idea, no matter how crazy it sounds, on the whiteboard, the wall, the whatever. And we're going to judge them later. So don't laugh or, or make fun of somebody's idea because what we're trying to do is actually produce the stuff that we wouldn't think of if we were all judging our ideas and yeah. filtering. Yes. So, Excellent. yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a true statement. It's a true fact, Dana. And there are lots of ways to support people on your team who have ADHD and make sure they thrive. And that is definitely one of them. If you're, if you're poking fun at everything they, they produce, they will shut down and they'll stop producing for you. Yep. Yep. So um, let's, let's do our third and final reason why you should hire someone with ADHD or people who have ADHD. And this one is, it always makes me laugh when you read this in a job description, Dana. I don't know how often you read job descriptions, but I, don't. I, I went through a phase here <laughs> where I was reading them. And you often see these people who say, well, you have a fast paced environment. You know, you, we, we have a fast paced environment, which is if you like, there's sort of comic posts online about like how to avoid the terrible job. And you, and this is one of the red flags. If you see them say we have a fast paced environment, usually it means our, you know, we thrive on chaos or our organization is in disarray <laughs> or whatever. And if you are that organization <laughs> or you do literally have a fast paced environment and there are those that do, I mean, think, think about first responders, Dana, the fire oh, yeah. department, right? Fire, firefighters, uh, ER, exactly. docs, nurses. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah. even in business, I mean, maybe you have to respond quickly to things happening in your environment and that's a normal part of the kind of things that you do. Having someone with ADHD in that environment is not a bad idea because many people, and again, Caveat here, not all people who have ADHD are the same, but many people who have ADHD thrive when other people shut down. Mm -hmm. If you have stressful situations, you have crises, uh, if you need people who can focus during chaos, believe it or not, as long as the person with ADHD is interested in <laughs> uh, what they need to focus on, they might just be able to function in that environment where everybody else would uh, suffer. And so it's a reason to consider those who have ADHD when you need someone who can thrive in a fast-paced environment. Things are happening yeah. quickly. They have to respond. Short order cook. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, it depends on the person. As some short order cooks, some people with ADHD couldn't do that, but many could and can and do. So things where there's not a lot of follow through. Right. It's, it's a short... Um, a short span of completing a task. Yeah. 
short-term yeah. projects or even, yep. you know, within the hour minute projects, yeah. those are minute. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you need somebody to follow up for weeks and weeks and weeks or months and months and months, maybe you need someone who's neurotypical to help your ADHD, uh, your person with ADHD function well on that yeah. project. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. There are a couple of other reasons that I can think of. Please One do. is en- energy level. Mm. So I would say reason four is is a higher energy level, especially people that are um, hyperactive or, or com- combined types mm. that can move more, get more done, don't realize they're getting exhausted, so they'll just keep going. Um, I've been in situations with other people where they're running out of fuel a lot faster than I am. Ah, uh, yeah. And it yeah. doesn't even occur to me to stop. Yeah. And and the key there is just to manage, you can't burn them out. I mean, you can burn them out. You can the burn problem. them out and you will burn them out if there's, yes. And so you, you, you've got to keep an eye on it for them. But there's also in shorter bursts, there is just much quicker, more sustained energy. Yeah, absolutely. So expect them to need time to recover. But when you need somebody to absolutely be able to slay at high energy for long periods of time, uh, as long as you're as long as you're giving them a chance to 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 do that recovery, you you somebody with ADHD might be exactly who you need. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Or a hyper focus, a job where you have to hyper focus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and the high energy and fast pace. Uh, both of those reason three and four don't necessarily refer just to physical high activity and physical fast pace. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be, in fact, I think a lot of my friends who are neurodivergent, especially those with ADHD, work really well as software engineers. Yeah. They work really well. And that, that doesn't look like there's a lot of frantic activity. They're sitting in a chair, you know, they're staring at a screen. But in reality, they might be doing very rapid response. And so it's not always physical, I guess, is the point. Right. Um, it's Yeah, it's not always physical. It's also mental as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and, yeah, and then I'm going to say the fifth, the fifth reason yeah. is that people with ADHD can compartmentalize. Yes. You, you put down there, but you put it in a general one. That's okay. And this, David, goes to me, it's in that now, not now thing that we've talked about. And we talked about with time management um, a number of months ago mm-hmm. that you may have just had the worst news in the world. But you're when you shift into work mode, it becomes not now, and so you can focus on what needs to be done. So true, it's yeah. so true, and it's one reason why I think Dana, I for me, I can say like I've I've learned to compartmentalize in my life, even if the news is about me. <laughs> you okay. know, if it's bad news about me, like often I can just set aside all the negativity that I might have in my brain right now, and and just go you know crank workout. And um, not not forever, but it, but it, it does. It's it's interesting how how that works. The ability yeah. to be um, to be uh, compartmentalized. Yeah, I've it, often thought for myself. I've looked at it as something that's wrong with me because I can do that. I can get awful news, and then just be able to shift into work mode. And it, and it's like you're th- this doesn't matter to you. So when I step back and look at myself, at, you know, as a coach, I'm I can have a family member die, and then the phone rings five minutes later, and I've got to be on for a client call, right? Or leading the success club, or the podcast, or whatever. I mean, I've had multiple of those situations in the twenty some odd years I've been doing this, and I and until right now, David, I thought there, there's this is a defect in me. This is a flaw. 
But actually, no, it works really well. Right. Yeah, it can be an amazing strength and advantage. And so there are lots, I'm sure there are many more reasons. I think these are five fantastic reasons why you as an employer, as somebody who needs people on your team that are going to, you know, move you forward, uh, should consider someone with ADHD. Now, of course, Dana, as we've said, you've, you need to support them properly. So you, yep. you want to make sure that you have made allowances for time management issues if those come up or procrastination. Um, and, su- and, and administrative support. Don't expect you them know. to to have executive function. They're <laughs> right. You know. they're, they're not. And so and one thing that I see a problem with a lot of jobs and clients I work with is is the person with ADHD is expected to do the mind-numbing, boring administrative stuff and they just can't sustain it. No. And they and there's no support for them. Nope. And so it's a really good idea to to get to know the the person with ADHD, find out how their ADHD works, and and they may not know. So you you, you might have to do a little you know digging and and observing just to see, but allow allow the environment and the job duties that they are actually responsible for to align well with their strengths, and you'll be amazed at what you get. Um, Absolutely amazed. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if depending on the position, maybe it's worth it. You know, if you have an executive situation where you need somebody that has that kind of outside the box thinking, it might be worthwhile to hire the person with ADHD and an ADHD coach to work with them. Yep. You know, maybe uh, maybe it works to hire an assistant who can handle the executive stuff or provide accountability and structure or make sure there's follow through when that kind of stuff needs to happen. Um, and one other thing I'll just mention, Dana, I, I found that I work really well, certainly when I own my own business, and, and we should mention people with ADHD are something like three times more likely to own their own business for reasons we've already discussed. However, um, when you need somebody that's entrepreneurial, then one of the things that ha- can happen there is that flexibility makes them thrive. So one reason I didn't do well in a nine to five is because my energy is up or down depending on different times of day. So work, flexible work schedules, you know, focusing on productivity output rather than um, tracking time, for example. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, look, if they're producing work that exceeds expectations, then why do you care when they do it? <laughs> you know, right. so uh, and that may not be right for you. So you, you know, one of the things to, to to think about there as you consider who to hire for your job. But Dana, what do you think? I think that's fabulous, David. And I think we've got to look at it as companies that can give the support to someone with ADHD and can rock and roll with someone who's a little bit less structured, a little bit more creative and um, so, and I'm thinking about myself as a business owner, I have hired people with ADHD and it didn't go well mm. because I was then put in the position of being the most organized person in the room, which just didn't work for me. Yeah. I need, I need, I need somebody to hold the deadlines, hold the ideas, hold the commitments so I can do, go off and do my Dano stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's, it is this isn't an across the board thing. Look at the job, look at the situation and what needs to be done. I like it. As you already said so eloquently. I think we've covered the topic, but Dana, that means it's time for our brand new feature. (gasps) The The squirrel squirrel of the week. week. 
All right, so this is brand new. We've never done this before, but I think we're going to we're going to see how this goes and see what you think of it, dear listener. A brand new feature. This is something that I don't know, we're distracted by or it's something on our minds this week. It's capturing our attention this oh, week. Oh, that's a much better way to say it, Dana. Yes. 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 <laughs> so so Dana, David, yeah. I get the first squirrel of the week. Yay. Yes, you do. This one's yours. And as a tech man, I want you to solve this. Okay. So this is for all the calendar apps out there. I have a rant. Okay. Calendar apps schedule, they'll drop in an appointment in the middle of the night. So I made an appointment to get my hair cut. Okay. And it will, if I'm not careful pushing the little button, it will say, oh, you're getting your hair cut 2 a.m. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Random stuff ends up happening in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night and can't the calendar systems be smart enough to realize (laughs) most people, maybe somebody does get their hair cut in the middle of the night, but most people don't go to the doctor in the middle of the night. They don't get their hair cut in the middle of the night. It's true. I'm picturing Clippy. You remember Clippy? Back in Office XP, I think it was. No. Back in the day, it was the little paperclip thing that would pop up and say, I see you're trying to blah, blah, okay. blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. You know, like, we need a calendar app that would just pop up and say, I see you're scheduling something at 2 a.m. Do you really mean for that to be exactly. in the middle of the- <laughs> Because they ask you that stuff. I go to log off my computer. Are you sure you want to shut down your computer? Or, you know, I'm logging out of an app or something. Are you sure you want to leave? Well, yeah. Yeah. However, why can't they ask me, are you sure you want exactly. to go to the doctor in the middle of the night? You know, so you could pull this off with Zapier. I don't, we've talked about Zapier and some we've of our automation. We've talked about Zapier. Yeah. Yeah. Zapier has a, an integration to almost every major calendar system out there. So what you could do is have Zapier watch and review every new appointment. And if the new appointment has a start time that's, say, between you set the hours, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. or whatever, that it would send you an email. And it wouldn't be able to interrupt you in the middle of what you're doing, right? But as soon as you've created the calendar item, it could send you an email or a text message, let's say, that said, hey, you're you're you just scheduled something for the middle of the night you know is that what you meant to do and if so then you do nothing but if you meant for it to happen at another time then click this button and the button could then either open the calendar item so you could fix it or it could just change an a.m to a p.m for you you know Ooh. so maybe i do need to take the time and figure out zapier Oh yeah, we could do that as a as a fun little little session. Something we could create a video, Dana. And I could we t- need I could alcohol involved. <laughs> well, not for me. I don't need the alcohol. But yeah, that's something that you could do. There are probably other apps. I haven't thought about this. There may be other apps that would kind of check and you know you know your your calendar items for you and warn you about any. And and really, you could you could have it warn you even if something. You know what the thing that happens to me, Dana, is not so much scheduling. Although I've done that in the middle of the night, that has happened. But but if you move the end time on something, sometimes it because, you know, it's let's say it's going to start at 11 a.m. and end at 1 p.m., mm-hmm. but then you move it to another time so that it starts p.m. Well, now all of a sudden it ends and it's 
13 hours long or 14 hours. You know what I mean? So it could even be that you need something to watch for something that over, over crosses over the middle of the night and not just starting it in the middle of the night. Okay, David. So enough problem solving. Okay. But this is my squirrel of the week is that how often, and I know we've all done this, things end up on your calendar in the middle of the night and you miss it or whatever happens. So, and David, you've provided a solution. Oh, well, great. I'm glad I could do that. So how about you, dear listener? Do you have an answer for this? Do you have an app? Do you have a something? Do you have a related rant? Send us an email to hello at kicksomeadhd.com. And Dana, that brings us to listener mail. It's time for listener mail. You know, we thought about doing listener mail as a segment on this show from the very beginning. But of course, when we first started, nobody was emailing us. (laughs) And and now we're getting... I know, now we get messages a lot. And this is one that came in this week. And Dana, I was was wondering, could you share the email? that I would. I'm happy to read this. This is in regard to our episode on how's that working for you? I don't have the number. I'll have it in a sec. You continue. I'll tell you. Okay. So it says, hey, Dana and David, I just listened to your recent podcast episode and wanted to share my thoughts as requested. I didn't find this episode helpful. I listen to your podcast because I'm constantly trying to improve and my ADHD brain is consistently, constantly, excuse me, trying to think of solutions to how I can do better every moment of the day. So just asking, how's that working for you, makes me discouraged, as if everything I'm trying to do is useless. Not your best episode, in my opinion. What I like best about your podcast is when I feel seen and validated by hearing how others have struggled in the same way as me. Thanks, Becky. Becky, I am really happy to hear that you are trying so hard to manage your ADHD. And we were not out to discourage anybody and um, make you feel useless and like you're not succeeding at this. So our, apologize, our apologies if we set you off for that. And David, yeah, what do I, I, I just add a couple things. So, so one is obviously it's never our desire to make you feel anything but validated and seen. And so I just want to appreciate you for, for writing this email and for letting us know how it affected you. I also would like to say that anytime we suggest something on this podcast, if it's not going to work for you, you need to toss it. Or, you know, we'd yep. love to bat a thousand, but we're not going to. But on that note, with this particular question, the, the how's that working for you question, which was episode 149, the, I think, and maybe we didn't emphasize this enough or maybe it got lost in in the in the in the episode but i think our our heartbeat for that episode was not that this would be a question you ask throughout the day but it would be something that you do from time to time maybe maybe once a year maybe if every few months or something that you sort of zoom out and you say is this working for me big picture it's a very big picture question right it's definitely not intended i would all i would be becky i would be just like you if I were asking myself that question throughout the day, because it would just pile on. No, actually, it's not working for me. And I suck. You know, uh, I don't yeah. know that that's what you were saying, Becky, but th- that would be how I would react to it. And so, yeah, that would that would send me down a spiral pretty quickly. So I want to say I'm sorry if we didn't effectively um, make it clear that we're thinking about this as a once in a while zoom out big picture question and not a day to day. And it's a way for you to do, you know, course corrections so that you don't become very effective and very efficient 
at heading in a direction you don't mean to head. <laughs> yeah, and that that what you're doing in the big picture it's actually changing as we've talked about before changing the the direction of an ADHD life is it takes time and it takes a lot of work and it's constant little course corrections and and expecting as David said it's not a asking yourself this minute by minute as you're going through through the day it's uh every once in a while standing back and looking okay is the way i'm doing this working for me do i need to try something else very much so either way becky I just, I know I speak for Dana. We've both said it already. Thank you for this email yeah. because it helps us improve and we're never going to improve this uh, this podcast and make it as uh, effective as it can be if we don't hear messages like this one. And so we're going to take a little extra time next time around when we're working on something that could be perceived incorrectly and make sure that we've thought through and correctly emphasized to the best of our ability uh, what we actually mean. So I appreciate it, Becky, and I hope that you feel seen and heard today by uh, by us reading this message. And we do and, have, Dana, as you mentioned, we have many other emails from listeners. And uh, some of them, I think we should start to do this now, Dana, don't, don't you think? Would that be yep. fun? Like, let's do a uh-huh. listener mail. So, yeah. dear listener, if you have something to sound off about, good or bad, maybe we, maybe we struck out on something for you. Send us an email, hello at kicksomeadhd.com. But of course, we like hearing good stuff too. But we like hearing your, your, your neurodivergent ideas. And, and Becky, I also want to say thank you for the thoughtful way you wrote this. True. You could have you could have been yeah, you you did it really thoughtfully and constructively and I appreciate that. I agree very much. Very much. So, if you would like to have your message read on the show, shoot us a note to hello at kicksomeadhd.com. We want to hear from you. Yay. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Go out and hire people with ADHD and look at the big picture and make your you zappier to get your calendar app working better for you and have a fantastic week. So what do you think? Is Kick Some ADHD making a difference in your life? If so, join the movement. Help Dana and me help more people. Just share Kick Some ADHD with your people and leave a rating and review in your podcast app. It does help us spread the word that living with ADHD doesn't have to be so hard. <laughs>